Hello, hello, hello. It is great to see you again and welcome back to another installment of Optimizing Your Financial World. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. We are happy to see you. Happy to have you back with us today. We've got star of the show, Mr. Mark Wade, the president of Echelon Family Office. He's standing by. He'll be joining me momentarily. And as you know, on this show, we tackle different wealth management related topics each episode. We're diving into Mark's nearly four decades worth of experience doing the only thing he has ever done done, that's wealth management, to really gain some industry insights and, and learn some strategies that all can ultimately can be applied to your own financial world to, of course, help optimize it. It's in the show name, right? Well, hey, look, today we've got a cool and a different approach that we're, we're tackling today. Obviously, we talk about wealth management topics today, but we're actually going to be talking about wealth creation today, more so the actual generation of wealth. Really, we're asking you the question, do you have what it takes to create significant wealth. Obviously, Mark has had four decades worth of experience working with wealthy, successful entrepreneurs. He's seen a lot of variety of success over that time frame. So we're going to tap into Mark's experiences with that and really, you know, address this question of do you have what it takes to create significant wealth? So that being said, let's go ahead and welcome on Mr. Mark Wade to the show today. Mark, how are you doing this morning? Good to see you. Hey, Ryan, I'm doing great today. How about yourself? It, it's, let me just say it's great to be back together with you. Oh, I'm doing great, Mark. Always enjoy, you know, getting together for our show. Our discussions are always a good time. And Mark, I, I think a good place for us to start on this topic today is just acknowledging the fact that research flat out shows that entrepreneurship is one of just the most effective ways to become wealthy these days. But it does take a lot more than simply just owning a, a business to generate significant wealth. There's, there's these key drivers, right? There are these very important factors of business and of course, financial success that we're going to acknowledge in today's conversation. I think a good place to get us started is to have you, Mark, kind of give us a high level overview on why there's just a strong case in general that entrepreneurship can be this, this main generator of significant wealth. Absolutely. And you know, Ryan, you're really right, because most business owners will tell you, if we get them in private conversation, that entrepreneurship is one of the best ways possible, maybe even the absolute most effective way to millionaire status. And all, you know, all we have to do is take a look at the Forbes 400, because every year we see the world's wealthiest there, right? We see names like Bezos and Gates and Ellison, okay, and often self-made millionaires, right, as, as most of them are. But in all fairness, it's also important to recognize that you no, know, not every entrepreneur is going to become extremely wealthy, or are they going to build tremendous personal fortunes? But it's still one of the two best ways to 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 amassing great wealth. Right, Mark. So if if entrepreneurship alone isn't enough, let's dive into some best practices. Maybe what do you see are the best practices of those entrepreneurs who do become wealthy, who do become highly successful? Uh, I see you're spot on today. Okay, so you know, thanks for asking that question. That's a great lead-in. You know, we found that basically four factors stand out among the greatest traits. Okay, that we see among wealthy business owners, and and first is commitment. They have to have a commitment to achieve. Second is the quality of their business model. Uh, third, I'm going to say, is the ability to build strong relationships. And fourth is their willingness to engage elite wealth planners. You see, 
while these appear to be the most important factors and they all are interconnected and they do reinforce each other, there are other factors, but none are as important as these four. I love that. I appreciate, you know, four key drivers I see here and I want to unpack each one because I I can only imagine there's a lot of value in in terms of what you see within each of these key drivers, Mark. So let's, let's go ahead and examine that first one a little more closely. And that's that commitment. You said that commitment to achieve, tell, tell me more about what all this, this commitment entails and what you're seeing on your end. Well, Ryan, if you ask any group of successful business owners, most will say that being willing and able to dedicate yourself to success is is critical. So you need to be highly motivated, even even well up on actually, especially when you know things aren't going your way. Okay, it's that characteristic, and I love it. It's my favorite term called persistence. That persistence, especially in the face of adversity, when things are the most challenging, uh, is is a challenge even for many highly intelligent. And, and highly driven people. So when we're, you know, when we're thinking about persistence, uh, it reminds me of my corporate career. You know, during my corporate career in the financial industry, which was quite a few years ago, you know, there were many a study done that, and, and when they were conducted, you know, they, they all found out and they verified that the top characteristic of all the elite achievers was always persistence. And we find that along with persistence, it, it, it leads us to other things. For example, entrepreneurs who become very wealthy, they have a clear sense of, you know, that along with making their companies great, they also pursue significant personal wealth creation outside of their business. And they do that through their financial assets. So, you know, we have found that most successful business owners, you know, they're not motivated primarily by the idea of money. They're really motivated by what money can do for them. They seem to care about the greater, what the greater affluence that they create might empower them to do. So, you know, that might mean, obviously, the the most obvious ones are taking care of your loved ones, but there's also supporting charities and organizations that they care about. And in some cases, you know, helping to directly make the world better contributing to the world population in general to causes that work globally. It's, it's amazing. With persistence comes creation of financial assets. With creation of financial assets comes what we can do with those financial assets and how do we make a difference in not only the lives of our family, but others as well. Yeah, Mark, I hear you loud and clear there. Persistence, that commitment to achieve, it's really the first stepping stone, right? You got to start somewhere. The commitment is the first place to really begin. But that being said, though, Mark, commitment alone isn't enough. You've got to take action at the end of the day, right? Very much so. In fact, even the strongest commitment to achieve needs to be what a great word to use is operationalized, okay? It's not enough to say that you want a great business or that you want to be wealthy, the most successful people are, are very good at setting goals and creating a pathway for wealth to happen. Let me give you an example. So, you know, when it comes to personal wealth, successful entrepreneurs, business owners, and affluent families, they specialize how much wealth they need. Now, that wealth target is going to change, of course, over time, and it usually does as, as they approach the target itself. So as they're approaching their goal, all of a sudden, wow, I've got a bigger and better goal. Okay, but having that number in place really helps uh, in defining their success. It's a target that they work towards, 
and uh, and if they're driven and they have that persistence as they approach that target, all of a sudden their goals get bigger. Mark, I love that. So so we're we've identified, you know, yes, with the commitment comes, of course, the action. You got to take action. And I think that kind of leads us now into that second key driving factor that you mentioned earlier, being, you know, the quality business model, which I would imagine can really kind of serve as the backbone of a business. So talk to me about this second key factor, the business model. How does this help drive wealth creation? Hey, Ryan, before I answer that question. Let me, sure. let me add, and let me add one more thing that just popped in my mind. You know, sure. you can have a good business and you can have a great life without being a millionaire. Now, for, you know, for example, you know, let's say you start a business with modest goals and you end up becoming more successful than you ever imagined you'd be. However, that's that, I mean, that's possible to happen. Okay. You achieve well beyond your wildest dreams. However, it's much more common for wealthy entrepreneurs to be very intent on building up their companies and becoming seriously affluent. And then again, as I mentioned, having that big influence on their family and on, on the lives of others. So I'm sorry, second factor, go ahead. No, yeah, no, I appreciate you mentioned that, Mark, because yeah, it does always seem like when we achieve a given goal, we're, there's always another one that quickly follows up behind that. And when it comes to wealth creation, you know, making an impact on not only like you had mentioned your loved ones, but maybe charitable causes that you're interested in, you know, that once you get a taste of success, you want some sort of bigger, you know, milestone that you want to climb and, and achieve down the road. But uh, so no, thank you for sharing that with us. But yeah, switching over to that second key factor you mentioned earlier being the business model. How does that help drive wealth creation as a whole? Yes, of course. You know, the business model, it's, it's all important, right? It's what most people notice when they examine a company. It's what investors, they strongly emphasize when deciding whether or not to back a venture, you know, how strong is your business model? Because without a solid business model, there's very little possibility of you achieving great success and, 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 real, and, and real wealth that business model must work in today's world. So, you know, Ryan, let me, let me say this, you know, for that, for any company to do well, it really has to have that, that business model is on target, right? So the company has to do what it does better than the competition. That's the name of the game. If it can't do what it does better than the competition, then it has to disrupt the status quo in some way. So you're either better or you're a disruptor. Now, coming up with an innovation that can change the game is very powerful, but it's also kind of rare. Not all successful entrepreneurs have to be game changers. They just have to be better. So, you know, it certainly happens, but it's not the way that most entrepreneurs become wealthy. More typically, what they do is the business model involves doing something other people and other firms are already doing, but doing it in some way or another that is better than the rest. Now that can mean, you know, becoming more efficient. That can mean, oh, let's say, uh, tapping into something that has been previously untapped in your, in your customer base, uh, your vendor and suppliers, you know, doing better proves to be the most pervasive type of business model, doing something better. Right. I, I like that you mentioned that it's not necessarily this big, uh, innovative technology, this, this item, this pure item that's going to be a game-changing way for you to generate wealth. Sometimes it's really just 
boils down to the systems in place, the processes in place that yes, are more effective, more efficient to, you know, get you to that level uh, of success and having that solid business plan. So business plan, obviously being a huge key factor in what generates significant wealth. Mark, let's, let's transition over to the third key factor now. And I love this one because it goes back to the age old expression. It's not what, you know, it's who, you know, and this is about the ability to build powerful relationships. Talk to me about how, how pivotal this really is within creating wealth as a whole. Well, let's, let's start with this. Nobody creates great success on their own. Right. I mean, it, it just usually doesn't happen. So to build a great company, you need a great team. No entrepreneur can do it on his own. They don't achieve great success all by themselves. So having a team on your side that put forth a tremendous effort and 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 not just to make the company great, but to make the team great. You know, and how do you do that? You do that by winning your team over. And what this means, you know, it translates into them believing that you and the vision for your company. You know, they have to get behind that. And it helps that if you build powerful relationships with your team members, it's what it's all about. How close are you to your team members? You know, can you motivate them to go the extra mile? Can you win them over to see your vision and believe in you? So building those powerful relationships doesn't stop with just your team. However, it also extends to everyone who can help make your company more successful. And, you know, I'm talking about things like, you know, the powerful relationships you have with your investors, the powerful relationships you have with your suppliers and your vendors. Those things are real critical. So it's everybody around you. It's the whole universe, the microcosm of your company and all the people that interrelate with it. That's, that's your team. It's everybody. Can you win them over? Can you get them to see your vision? Can you get them to go the extra mile for you? Mark, I love what you just said there. It made me think of this, this idea of, I think a lot of people think that their team is their employees, the people that are helping to, you know, drive their company forward internally. But really, you just hit the nail on the head. Their team is not just that. It's those other people. It's those investors, suppliers, vendors. It's really everyone inside and outside of your company uh, that can help propel that you know, your entity forward and, and achieve that success. So I love you mentioning that the team really isn't just the internal, uh, you know, employees that you have working for you. It's really all of those relationships that you develop over time. So let me ask you this then, Mark, I feel like the follow-up question that begs to be asked then is, do you have any insights maybe on how to build and then maintain a high quality team, you know, over time? Well, in, in over 40 years, I, I've tried a variety of different things and, and organizational psychologists and, and engineers. I mean, they've tried so many different things, but I can tell you the thing that's always worth best for me and, you know, to build those powerful relationships is concentrating on the self-interest of the team members and your business associates. Because while you might be deeply enamored with the industry leading or industry disrupting technology that your company may have, your investors are probably more focused on the expected investment returns. Okay. And so the relationships you have with your investors, you know, it's wise to keep their self-interest in mind the same way with your employees. They might love coming to work and using all the great new equipment and, and doing all the all the new and wonderful things that your company can do. But at the end of the day, they have to care for their family. 
So think about everyone's self-interest on your team. Think about how you can make their lives better and think of how you can add to their bottom line. Such a good point. I appreciate you sharing that with us, Mark. And, and shifting now to that fourth and a key driver of, of success and wealth is, is that idea and that willingness to engage with the right professionals. Could you walk me through what you mean by the right professionals a little bit more? Yeah. And, and just to carry this over into this question, I look at, you know, what most accomplished and, and the wealthiest entrepreneurs, you know, how they've finely tuned driving what they do to address the self-interest of the people they, they deal with. And so, and how these business owners, they make a concerted effort as to, you know, how can we contribute to the success of my employees and my vendors and my suppliers and my investors? You know, this fourth driver really is, really is uh, so critical to the process. Uh, you know, you know, how do we engage the right professionals to assist in those processes? How do we engage the right professionals to help me? concentrate on the enlightened self-interest of all my employees and suppliers and investors. So, you know, it's amazing how many times we see owners build successful companies and still not become wealthy. And, and, and part of that problem is that, you know, amassing a substantial personal fortune often requires paying attention to the ways to legally mitigate or eliminate taxes. Okay. And that includes income taxes and capital gains taxes, and something that we have touched upon before, but I have a feeling we're going to talk about it on a much larger basis in the future, the estate taxes, when you're transferring the equity and everything that you've built, either to the next generation of, of heirs, I mean, how do we how do we capture that equity and not give most of it to the government? So, you know, a diverse set of effective tax strategies and solutions, you know, ones that you can use while you're running your business, not only when you sell your business or after the sale, while you're running your business, you know, that can make a huge, a huge difference and, and make you, you know, meaningfully wealthier. So remember, I am always fond of saying this. It's kind of like my, my slogan. It's not how much income you have or how many assets you create. It's how much of that you get to keep right? Because all too often, entrepreneurs look to reduce their taxes only when they sell, and they miss tremendous tax saving opportunities along the way. So we say to get optimal results, you're likely going to need to enlist the help of an elite wealth planner that has a great expert team. And that's so critical. He has to have a great team supporting him. You know, people like accountants, attorneys, uh, M&A, mortgage, uh, different types of banking, commercial property, there's got to be a whole team supporting that elite wealth planner. So, and that person needs to have, you know, outstanding technical expertise, and the ability to deliver a wide range of legal and financial, you know, strategies that are relevant to the business owners. And in addition to that, you know, and we've, we've discussed this before, elite wealth planners deeply focus on, are you ready, Ryan, hold on to your seat, here it comes, the human element. Okay, the priorities, the aspirations, the relationships, and the values of the clients. So, you know, the business owner, it's our job as, as elite wealth planners to make sure that we're addressing those things. What's important to the client? What do they aspire to for their family? How do we, how are they maintaining their relationships and where can we add value to that? You know, all of those values that the client cares about outside his business. So, you know, at the end of the day, we say elite wealth planners can help address 
uh, another crucial concern, which, which is another factor. And it's all too often overlooked, except by the most successful business owners that we see. Because and that's and that's accumulating the personal wealth outside of the business. Okay, when entrepreneurs build significant wealth, you know they can diversify away from the single company risk that they have internally in their business. You know that that every business owner faces. Typically, their largest asset is the one that they're growing inside their business. Okay, and they can give them potentially greater financial security and flexibility. You know that they otherwise might not be able to enjoy. Man, Mark, I, I man, I so appreciate you kind of unpacking that. I mean, that last one's a big one. There's a lot that was going. A lot. going no, yeah, there's a lot yeah. going on within finding and aligning yourself with the right team of professionals around you and working with those truly consummate professionals, like we had talked about in our last episode. What what defines elite wealth management? What defines a consummate professional? Those are the types of individuals that you want in your corner. So, really bringing it home for our audience today, it's it's these four key drivers. It's that commitment to achieve. It sounds like it's the quality of the business model, as Mark had mentioned, you know, that's really the backbone of your business. And then the ability to build strong relationships and then carry that into the willingness to engage with elite partners. These four key drivers is really, it sounds like what Mark is seeing, you know, what you're seeing on a regular basis when it comes to helping generate that level of significant wealth. So ultimately this conversation today is meant for you, our audience. Those are the four key drivers. So we're asking you, do you have what it takes to create significant wealth? Well, here are the four drivers that you need to consider uh, in order to address that question that we're asking. So Mark, I so appreciate you carving out some time with us today to kind of go through these four key drivers. And Mark, if there's anybody out there listening, watching our conversation today, and they're interested in, you know, maybe continuing the conversation with you and your team at Echelon Family Office, and maybe to talk more about these key drivers and how to align with the right professionals, so on and so forth. How would somebody go about getting in touch with you and your team? Yeah, Ryan, great. Thanks for asking that question. So people can reach us at www.echelonoffice.com. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N office.com. They can reach me at uh, M Wade, that's M W A D E, at echelonwealth.com, E C H E L O N, the word wealth.com, or they can dial our, our office line, 888 892 9882. Fantastic. I appreciate that, Mark. And, and it, of course, if anybody does want to continue that conversation, feel free to reach out to Mark and his team. I know they'd be happy to, to get in touch with you and continue that conversation. But Mark, looking forward to our next episode. I know we got a good one dialed up for the audience. We won't reveal what that topic will be just yet, but I'm sure uh, I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll be excited once they find out. But hey, looking forward to that recording session with you, man. Hey, Ryan, it's always a great pleasure. I look forward to seeing you next time. Alrighty, fantastic, Mark. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment to thank you, of course, to our audience for jumping aboard today's show. If you liked what you saw, you liked what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe to the show, share this information with friends, family, business owners, of course, because at the end of the day, these conversations, they're meant for you. We're, we're trying to provide tips, strategies that'll ultimately help you optimize your own financial world. And boy, are we lucky to have Mr. Mark Wade aboard to share his industry insights over four decades worth of experience he's bringing to the table. So for Mr. Mark Waite, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're saying so long, and we thank you so much for joining us on today's edition of Optimizing Your Financial World.